This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, you sexy bitch. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. It's not a comeback. It's, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Uh, uh, back from life. <laughs> back from life, yes. Because life kind of hit pretty hard there in, like, December. <laughs> As it seems to always do. And holidays and such and everything, so. Yes, and holidays, I don't, I have a love-hate relationship with the Christmas holiday because it's it's nice to be able to see family, but everybody is so damned frenetic and has so much stuff to do that's almost like they can't enjoy themselves. Yeah, I actually enjoy like Christmas the day of and after cuz at that point all the franticness is usually over. But yeah, all the stuff leading up to it's just kind of uh Yep, I agree. But that's past and now I had other things post Christmas family stuff. Yeah, and then we've had a lot of snow and ice and stuff here and and, you know, and then work's kind of, you know, taking a lot of stuff and everything like that. But, you know, now we can get back to a regularly scheduled podcasting program. Yes. And in case you don't remember us, this is Best of the Rest, an indie comics podcast. I'm Jay Loving. And I'm Dennis Chandler. And we're glad to be back. Yes, we are. So, I know last year we had talked about a bunch of stuff we were going to do and everything like that, but, you know, it's been a while, so, you know, I think we got to just go back to basics, and what are we going to talk about this evening, Jay? Well, first I thought I would touch on, just kind of talk a little bit about C2E2, which is a big deal for the Nerdy Legion network group, or a bunch of us are going to be going to that. Yeah, why is that? Is it essential? Or is it just is it just cause Nick's there and Nick's the the mortar that holds the the legion together? Well, that's certainly a factor. Yeah, Nick is one of the major factors. I think the centrality of it also helps. And I don't know. For me, it's one of the it's one of the few big conventions that's still very comic book centric. You know, I think you know San Diego Comic Con <laughs> has become all about you know the TV and movies and the celebrities and all that and that type of stuff. And I, you mean pop culture? To, pop culture, yes. Just talking to some of the people I know that have been there, they said that sometimes the focus on comic books and themselves or seems to get pushed to the side a bit. Yeah, I'd like to say I've done San Diego Comic Con, but I haven't. And as much as I'd like to, I don't know if I'd want to deal with the crowds. Yeah, I don't know if I would either. But yeah, I would say the two main reasons are the centrality of it, and Nick Whitmore. Yep. And I, I think uh, when uh, Dewan went and checked out New York Comic Con, he said it was way crazier than C2E2. So, hey, C2E2 it is. Yes. I can imagine it being crazy. But don't let uh, Aaron hear us say that. Well, no, if you're used to the craziness in the crowds. Well, yeah. Well, he lives in New Jersey, so insanity is just daily part of life for him. There you go. But anyway, no, yeah, I got my uh, hotel and flight reservations made this week. Sweet. I will be bringing my wife with me this time. She has a good friend that was actually the matron of honor at our wedding, lives in the Chicago area, and she hasn't seen her for quite a few years. So hey, there you go. Visiting, she's going to be visiting her. So that means you're not going to be getting into any of the shenanigans? Uh, no, I still plan to <laughs> be involved as much as I can. Right, getting Mark, uh, Martin drunk on gimlets? Yes, that's... What exactly is in a gimlet? A gimlet is gin, simple syrup, and fresh lime juice. Oh, uh, I bet that simple syrup isn't keto. 
Uh, probably not, but he did say he would be taking a cheat day, which I think he's going to be taking like three cheat days at C2E2. <laughs> that actually sounds like a pretty simple drink. It is. It's probably, yeah, it's my favorite gin drink. Martini would be a close second, but. No, a gin martini, not a vodka. No, that, no, to me, the only word that pre- should precede martini is dry. <laughs> Vodka martini, no. Apple teeny, definitely not. What about what about a chocolate martini? Uh, no, thank you. Okay. I'm just not on, big on sweet drinks at all. Uh, sweet fruity drinks but, with an umbrella in it. And you secured the accommodations for the rest of the group. Yes, I did. So we'll see if we'll be able to stay there next year. <laughs> Or we have to, or we have to keep moving every year. We were pretty sedate last year. I was kind of surprised because, based on the stories I heard from the previous year, well, my problem is I peaked the first night. I, I, I got to the point where I was green in the gills the rest of the weekend. So that kind of, <laughs> plus it was kind of cold. I'm hoping, yeah, but this is even earlier, so it's probably still going to be cold in Chicago, isn't it? Probably, but it was. From people I talked that live in that area, it was still colder than the average for that time of year. So, oh well, well, maybe things will be better this year. It'll be a bit more. Yeah, I think it, you know. Actually, well, yeah, that what happened the first night, and then the second night, the Friday night, is that when I got my car rear-ended when I was when we got went to go get the the Valiant beer when I was just sitting at a sitting at a light waiting to make a left turn. Had to have been because I wasn't there. I didn't come in until Friday last yeah. year. So yeah, so there was that one night, and then there was a night we decided we wanted to get deep deep dish pizza again, but it took two hours to get it. And so by that time, yeah, by that time I was starving. And then Sunday, I think we decided decided to come home. Well, yes, because there was a snowstorm pending. In fact, if you remember, Ronnie got caught in it. He took the train and he got. Yeah, how does a train get stuck in the snow? I don't know, but all I know is they offloaded them and had to take a bus the rest of the way back. So that's why everybody left early. I remember, I remember you, because you were driving, so mm-hmm. you packed up and went left a little early. So yeah, and you know, I, you know, I, you know, the thing about Sunday is, I think Sundays when you're supposed to be able to hit all the vendors and be able to, you know, haggle deals and everything like that, but. I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't, well, first of all, everything that you wanted to haggle on was already overpriced, so all you were doing was haggling it down to what would be reasonable, so it really wouldn't be any deals at that point, so. And, well, I'm going Sunday, because that's the day, my, that's the one day my wife wants to go. She okay. wants to see the, she wants to see the cosplay. That's a big thing for her, so. Mm, isn't Sunday also the family day, when all the families come and cosplay? It is, yes. Okay. Well, then that'll be it. Saturday's just, I'm going to take the Nick Wetmore strategy, and I think on Saturday, I'm either going to just go to panels, or I'm going to pop up to Wisconsin and go to Cowabunga Comics and check out their store. That sounds good. If you go, I might go with you, because I'd like to see that. You know, it's about an hour drive, though. I think Friday would be the day to hit all the vendors and deep dive in some long boxes and... Yep. I'll be better prepared this year. Last year was kind of like my first time, and I was just scouting things out and getting a feel for stuff. I feel I didn't do Artist Alley quite like I should have last year. No, nor did I. But George Perez is supposed to be there, and I think he's retiring, so this may be one of the last chances to get him to sign something or talk to him. Yes. Terry Moore will be there, so Ronnie and I will be stalking him quite heavily. Oh, yeah, and I got that sip gallery edition, and I so want him to like do a sketch or something in it, but it's black pages. Be difficult if he did it pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hold it in the light, and you see it shine on it. Mm-hmm. So, I've been debating taking that and getting him to sign or do something with it, but that's a big book to carry in. Yeah. I was thinking about getting him to sign one of my one of the two volumes of the Strangers in Paradise omnibus. But yeah, those things are, it's like a thousand pages for each volume. So 
Well, it's like you get in there. So you, you wait in line, you get in, you hand it to them, and then it's like you need to go take it back because there's no way you're going to carry that thing around for the rest of the show. And I also have a Rachel Rising Omnibus hardcover that I would like signed by him. But again, I think it's like carrying a couple of bricks around with you. You know what I might do? Maybe Friday. I'll go talk to him about what he can do, can't do, whatever. And if he can do something, then either bring it back first thing or later that afternoon or bring it in first thing Saturday morning and just let him have it all day and then pick it up later. I I would recommend going out to his website and sending him an email message. I thought he didn't reply to that. He did, yeah. That's how I got my commission last year. It just, they he got caught up doing the con circuit, so it was several weeks, but yeah. All right, then maybe I'll do that. I'll just hit him up on his website and say, hey, I got this, and it's got, but it's got black interior pages. I'd like to have you do something. Kid, yeah. What do you recommend? I'm sure he would come up with something. Hey, uh, you know. Yep. You, you can get it pretty much anything you want if you're willing to pay enough for it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Cash in a few bitcoins. And... Hey, there you go. Ah, uh, the bitcoin. It is so low right now. We're in a Bitcoin winner. We're in a crypto winner. I haven't been keeping up with that. But. Uh, well, see, that's what I did. When it was all up in there, I was watching it on every other day or daily and all that. Now, since it's all crashed, I check it about every couple of months or so. So that's just all you got to do. But anyway, that's coming up, so I'm starting to get look forward to that. Yeah, so we're going to be at C2E2. So, hey, if you want to meet up, just uh, let Martin know. that's going to be popular yes yeah there had been some talk about trying to do a panel but that is so difficult to put together yeah panel on what if I'm going to do a panel it's going to it's not going to be a joke panel right that was kind of the issue is like nobody could think of a appropriate topic plus I was worried because you don't know when they're going to assign you a panel and I'm I'm thinking okay we're going to end up getting time slot at 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon when everybody is trying to leave Yep. And so, I don't know, maybe maybe next year. I know Ronnie was disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, so C2E2. And, you know, this year I feel I got a better grasp of it. My my only thing is, okay, so, you know, I, we had other topics, but maybe this is our t- Maybe we were going to do a topic on cons right now. So, maybe that can be the episode. So, I have a, what, you know, I'm kind of a... I'm not really, you know, I'm kind of introverted, but I can talk to people, make small chat, and do everything like that. But for some reason, I just can't come up to comic book artists and writers and just, you know, start up a conversation. You know, like Matt Kent's there. You know, Matt Kent, you know, lives here in St. Louis and everything like that. I should have lots in common to talk with him and all that, but it's like, hey, I just, you know, got up to the thing, bought it, bought the thing, said hi, thanked him for all that, and just kind of left. I just, you know, I hear, like, Aaron and M said, oh, yeah, I went and talked to so-and-so at New York Comic Con. I sat there, and we just talked for like a half hour or so, blah, 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 and such. And it's like, I don't know if it's like me or or I just don't feel like, or me, it's like I don't like talking to people about work, you know? And maybe that's what it is. It's like maybe they want to talk about something other than just like comics and things because that's what they do for a living, and they talk about it all the time. So, But I guess they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't love it. Because, yeah, I mean, you don't want to go up there and say, or at least I don't. Hey, I love your work. Uh, you know, you did great on this. Because they hear that all the damn time. Yeah, exactly. And you're there to give them something to sign that you really liked. So it's kind of along those veins. So I don't know. Maybe you just got to find out something about their background. And so you can talk about. But then that seems to be you're starting to stalk. So. Hmm. Right. Well, you know, if it's somebody you know a little bit. Or like Ben Kahn. You know, we we had talked to him. interviewed him a couple times. And it's it's easy to go up to him. Yeah, kind of struck up a conversation, but you know, I kind of get tongue tied around people like Terry Moore or some of the others. So I don't know. I just have to say, but I'm definitely going to try to do more of Artist Alley this year than I did last year. Yeah, I am too. And well, how do you how do you feel the things about like getting through the uh, long boxes and and stuff? It almost seems kind of overwhelming about where to start going through stuff. Yeah, I know. I do, and I don't have a good answer to that of how you plan it because it's 
The only thing I can think of is if you talk to somebody who's been there before and has some knowledge and say, okay, are there any particular vendors there that I should go to? Who should, are there any that I should avoid? And yeah, it is so overwhelming. I mean, I have trouble in these small cons. Like, I'll be going to one here next week in Dallas. That's the North Texas comic book show. It's the same one that I went back to in July. They just do it twice a year. And they have maybe six, eight, no more than a dozen vendors there. Mm-hmm. And that's that can get overwhelming. When, so you put C2E2 in where you've got dozens of, I don't know what the hell you do. You just pick one and start going through it. Yeah, there you go. I, I don't know. I like to go in through and seeing the wall books and then seeing the type of wall books kind of, kind of give you an idea of the quality of their stock. And then the pricing of it give you an idea of kind of like how you think things might be. So all I, all I, all I know is I want to grab Nick for about 30 minutes and I got, I want to go looking for some stuff because I think I found, I know some cheap stuff that I think he would like. That shouldn't be more than 50 cents to a dollar an issue, but I think It'd be along the lines of something he'd want original as opposed to digital, so. Right. But I'm not going to say what it is because I want it to be a surprise. And I haven't looked recently. I'm curious to see, are there any publishers that you want to try to visit if they're... I want to spend more time at um, Lions Forge than I did like last year. Because last year I I regret not getting some of those um, trade hardcovers there. Right. And I guess I want to take advantage of the signings at Aftershock. Um, and I'm wondering if Vault... I know I haven't even gone on there to see who all is going to be there. I need to see who the artists are, all the guests are, and everything like that. So I can start thinking about it. I wonder if Vault's going to have a booth, because I'm just really, really, really liking Vault stuff. Yeah, I would like to see them too. And if Ahoy has a booth there, I'm really curious to talk to them. Well, I'm curious about that, because did you notice in the latest previews, it's like it seemed like the only thing from Ahoy... That was coming out was the Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Terror. Yeah, there was you know I guess like Wrong Earth had ended up and there was no more Captain Ginger or the other stuff. So I wonder if that was just a lull and some more stuff's coming up after. But well, there's yeah, um, gosh, now I can't remember. Uh, Martin posted something and I don't remember if it was in Twitter or. I think it was on Twitter of a new some new titles that are coming out from Ahoy, and I can't think of them off the top of my head. So, yeah, but nothing, but none of the continuation of the current stuff coming out. Well, I don't know that. I think it may just be a lull. Well, yeah, I think there's a few more issues coming out, but right. the way it was getting set up, I almost thought it was like um, an ongoing. But I guess at some point they gotta make their way back to the correct Earth. You would think there would be maybe. I'm still liking that one. High Heaven, I'm still reading it, but it's sort of losing interest for me. Oh, it is? Yeah. You know, here's, you've got this malcontent kind of guy who's kind of been a complainer all of his life, and he's in heaven that everybody's a kind of a snarky smartass and nothing goes right. It's it's, it's funny. What, after a while, it's kind of... It's, it's kind of getting, yeah, a little bit... Repetitive? Threadbare for me. And Captain Ginger, I didn't make past the second issue. Oh, you didn't? You didn't find that interesting? No, I didn't. I mean, a space opera with cats just didn't appeal to me. I don't know. I kind of like that post-apocalyptic where mankind's wiped itself out and something they've left behind is kind of taken over and trying to figure out the relics from man's past. True, and it's well-written. I'm not saying that it's not. It just didn't... And it's a clever premise, and I think they're executing it well. I just didn't got so much I want to try to read. I've started being a little more judicious on, you know, if I'm reading something, if it's only marginally interesting me, I'm probably going to drop it because there's just too many other things I like to read and also trying to be budget conscious on what I order. So, And I like The Snifter of Terror, Edgar Allan Poe. That's really fascinating to me. It's a book that I think that probably is better appeals to people who know something about Poe or have read some of his work. Mm-hmm. That would be my second favorite. Wrong Earth would be my favorite series as they're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, it's some good stuff. I'm enjoying it. But get back to your question about the cons. I don't know. I don't know how you do. You just kind of dive in. I think you've got the, probably the best idea. Go look at the wall books, and that'll give you kind of an idea of what they have. Their pricing, quality, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. You just get into that area when there's like, I don't know, a hundred long boxes. And at least the ones where they're like, I guess, um, organized is great. But when you get into the ones that are just random stuff in there, oh, it's just daunting. It is. And daunting, daunting, daunting. You know, and I bought very little last year because I just thought it was, most of it was more than I wanted to pay. I didn't think some of the prices they were asking were worth that. Well, it is a show, and, you know, some people just want to buy when they bought something at a show. Yes. That's why I think the best deals are more on, well, I don't know. It depends on how hard it is to find. Well, I mean, if they had a 457 second print newsstand up on the shelf for 100 bucks. For a hundred bucks, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes, but that's not right. It all depends. I'm actually. I remember last year I saw a bunch of those Valiant uh, Nintendo comics up on the wall, but they wanted. To, they didn't want to sell them individually. They wanted to sell them as a group, and I kind of passed on it. And now I'm kind of like, uh, you know what? I think I maybe I should have got those. So I'll know better this year. But I'm going to be more organized on before I go. I'm going to have my list written down of what I'm looking for, you know, so I don't have to sit here and think or get up on the phone and try to look up stuff. It's like, do I have this? Do I need this? Oh, what was that? Blah, blah, blah. Yes, you need to be ready and prepared to dive into it. Yeah, exactly. It's probably more daunting for you because you collect more, well, you collect just overall more than I do, and you have a larger number of titles that you're looking for. Yeah, but it's... A lot of stuff you can, I don't know, that the normal stuff I can find just about anywhere. What I like going to, you know, like a con or something for is you trying to find that oddball stuff, like the 457 second print newsstand. Right. Um, I want to look for the Robin 1 second print newsstand. I want to look for the Superman 50 second print newsstand. Um, the, the, the Valiant Air stuff, you're always looking for a Bloodshot Platinum, or you're looking for... Um, Oh, I can't think of what there's. There's like two or three different ones you kind of look for in the Valiant stuff. I know the Bloodshot Platinum one. Um, I know the one's just like yelling at me now. <laughs> but, you know, some stuff like that. Right. You know, the... Uh, the back in the day, the... 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 The 35 cent issue Marvel stuff, or the Whitman DC variant stuff, or the DC... You or the DC Universe um, logo variant yeah. logo books, which are the fourth, fifth, sixth prints of some of the stuff from the late '80s, early '90s. Which back in those days, you know, they were only put in the Walmart packs. But back in the day, it was always first prints. You didn't want the second prints or third prints. But now that stuff is lower print runs, and they're highly desirable. So, but they're they, but you know, you find those in. You know, those are the ones that people brought home from Walmart and such, so they didn't really go into those collections. So they end up kind of in the bulk lots of comics that people buy and put out. So, you know, it's just finding the little gems like that, which makes it fun and everything. Um, I don't know about, you know, variant covers, not so much, because I think everybody knows that game and, and the dealers know to pull those out there. So, yeah, I agree. And, well, like I said, you know, but. Really, the only things I collect with any real seriousness are Batman, Detective Comics, a couple of the smaller titles, um, Shadow of the Bat, which I pretty much, thanks to you, <laughs> stuff you found, close to having that done. Yeah, isn't that, wasn't I telling you that there's that one issue of Shadow of the Bat was Jock's first Batman cover? Yes. I, think you, I need yeah, to yeah. figure out that number and write it down. I think I'll look for that. That should be easy to find at something at C two E two. I mean it's not an expensive book. It's only going to be like a four or five dollar book, but right. it's just an awesome you know, jock Batman of him sitting on power lines in the middle of the day though. Which <laughs> a little conspicuous, yes. <laughs> he is not the knight in that in that cover, but no. But uh... <laughs> So, I mean, those are the things I look up for mostly, but then, you know, kind of the other stuff, just gems here and there. Yeah, I mean, I, most of the stuff I, I rattled off weren't the expensive stuff. Now, the the, the Batman uh, 457 second print newsstands, kind of expensive. 
the second print newsstand Robin starting to get up there. I don't think the Superman second print 50 is. It's just the oddball stuff. And there's a bunch of Whitman um, logo stuff that I like to get from like the late 70s, early 80s. Which, you know, you know where the regular issues are in the 50 cent bins, but the Whitman versions are like $5, $10. So, you know, it's, it's just a thrill of the chase for that stuff. Yes, I agree. And isn't there yeah. Jimmy Olsen books you're looking forward to? Yeah, there's a few with the Kirby that he did. Uh, some of the later ones. I have the early Kirby stuff, but it's like Kirby's Fourth World stuff, which started out in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. So, and that seems to be a, where a bunch of the DC uh, movie universe is being based on uh, Kirby's Fourth World, and that started in Jimmy Olsen 133, I think. Is the first mention of uh, Fourth World, and then one in one thirty four had the first Dark Sea, Dark Side. I don't know why I wanted to say Sea, Dark Side, and you're starting to see the New Gods then. And then that's when he started. Then you got after that, you got the New Gods, you got the Forever People, you got Mister Miracle, and between those four, uh, I think it was those four series are the ones for that period. However long Kirby was at DC, made up the whole Fourth World. So, but there's some, I think it's like in the late 130s, early 140s, um, I'll, I'll see if I can look for some issues of that. But, you know, that's DC Kirby stuff, which isn't, there isn't as, there's a way more uh, Marvel Kirby than there is DC Kirby. So, that's oh, yeah. a little more scarce. I agree. But it seems like what everybody likes to get, because I was reading some articles earlier this week, um, is there like, they're trying to find signed Kirby stuff and everybody wants his signed like new gods, Mr. Miracle DC stuff. So, you know, I may sit there and see if anybody's got anything of that. That's not graded because CBCS will do a red label for they'll certify signatures. And there was somebody that was, I saw him on the online forums. that had a nice 8.5 Kirby signed new gods. Number one, that just looks so sweet. And, you know, I know some people poo-poo against a red label and stuff like that and, you know, having to go with CBCS, but they verify the signatures and there's a lot of great legendary artists that died before CGC was around to validate signatures, so that's the only way you're going to find them. So I may start down that rabbit hole. There, it's either that or original art, but, man, original art just really starts to get expensive. Yeah. It does, but there's got, I've got there's some couple things I've got to have. Got to I mean, have I started. But I was flipping through Terry Moore's book. There were you, yeah, his original art when he had it at his table last year. Mm-hmm. I went also through it again back in August when he was at that small con where I yep. got my commission. Oh yeah, yes. I I will not be able to die happy until I get some uh, one Terry Moore original art and one Jaime Hernandez. I've just got to get those. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, and, and speaking of which, do you, have you been watching Deadly Class on Sci-Fi Channel? I have not, no. Ah. Well, spoiler. Second episode, this Wednesday's episode, uh, the main protagonist is trying to make friends in the school, and he sees a kid reading a comic, and he goes, Hey, man, I see you're reading Love and Rockets. That's a great, that's a great comic. What do you think of it? And then the guy told him to go, shut up, leave him alone. Oh man! But Love and Rockets, it, it did make it in. It was like I think it's set in 1987. That was back in when it was one of its original runs. So they usually don't hit cons outside of, unless they're on the West Coast, right? Yeah, they don't do many at all. I know they've been to Denver. Yeah, pretty much West Coast. I think WonderCon. They were up at WonderCon one year. Well, let's say Rocky Mountains and West. Yeah. Western U.S. I don't want to just say they're on the coast because I I think they've like I think I've heard of them being like in Arizona. I think like you said they've been in Denver and such, but they you know Denver's about as far east of the Rockies they'll go. Yeah, and I take that back. I think they have made an appearance at Heroes Con in North Carolina. You know, I I the more I hear about that, the more I want to try Heroes Con. I do too. I know it's the favorite convention of uh, comics alternative guys. Because he lives there. Yeah. So there's a little bias, you would think. Well, but I heard it's a great con, though. After C2E2, that would probably be the next one I'd want to go to. 
But yeah, Derek Royal, who does the Comics Alternative podcast, he lived in Dallas for a while teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I met him. But yeah, he had to go back to Charlotte for family reasons. But yeah, he loves that con. No, it's in Charlotte proper, right? Yeah. What are you saying? Okay. Yeah, I got a, I got an easy in there, so I got a place to stay and everything if I want to go to it sometime. So maybe I'll, I'll mix it with a family visit and go in and take the nephew to Heroes Con. He may be bored and he may not be. Another place I'd like to go, and it's very small and obscure, and not many people go there, is the Small Press Expo. I think that's in Baltimore. Oh, so it's not Baltimore Comic Con. No, it's not the Baltimore Comic Con, but it's both. It's very tiny, and it really focuses on. I mean, we're talking about some of the really small publishers, uh, or some of the things publishers that do not so much periodical comics as they do collections. You know, the fanographics, the drawn in quarterly. I'd like to go there one year because I've heard some good things about it. Yeah, I've heard good things about Baltimore Comic Con too. I have as well. Yes. Yeah, I guess there's a few cons we need to go to. But what? Say, so yeah, but what is it that is so appealing about cons? Because we get there and we complain about the people and it's crowded and I can't get around and the prices are too high and there's no deals to be made and the <laughs> floor and the concrete floor makes my feet hurt and the food's too expensive and there's nowhere to sit, but we still go and we still enjoy them. Yeah, well, so I got to meet you know for the first time a lot of people: you, Ronnie, Nick, Dwan. Yeah, but not the Podfather. No. That was a disappointment, but he won't be there this year. Or so he says. Yeah, he'll be there ketoing it up so he won't be no fun. Justin's not going to be there this year, it doesn't look like, and that's going to be a disappointment. Yeah, but he had an abbreviated stay last year, too, so, but, you know, that's life sometimes. Well, they're actually got the, the cons actually earlier this year because I think, is it the weekend before or the weekend after is when they've got Star Wars, what is it called? I keep hearing Sparky them talk about, it and I can't think of what it's called now. Well, it's the weekend before Planet Comic Con. Yeah, that's the next weekend is Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. Because originally C two E two was planned for the same weekend. Yeah, Back. but there was some, but there was something else going on. Is why they moved because it's usually in April. But they moved yeah. it earlier because it was going to conflict with something else. And I was it the Star Wars? Yeah, you're right. I think it is. But I was thinking the Star Wars thing is the weekend before this. I don't know. I don't know why because it was the first weekend of April last year. But they couldn't do it the first weekend of April, or they chose not to because it conflicted with something else. So they were going to do the last weekend in March. But then that conflicts with. Planet Comic Con, so they moved it even earlier. So it's you know good. It's two weeks earlier this year than. Oh yeah, Star Wars Celebration. That's what it is. Which is April 11th through 15th. Right. Oh, you know, maybe that's when it usually is, and then they needed a weekend between because because they can't do two weekends where you have C2E2 and then the next weekend have Star Wars Celebration because that would just be too overwhelming. <laughs> that would be a lot of, yeah, I mean, it'd be a lot of work on most people to have to do that and then tear down and set up for the next week. That is probably some of the reasoning for it. Yeah, just seeing, hanging with all you guys is the main thing I like, enjoy. But as much as you complain about the crowds, and I'm, I'm not a crowd person at all. You know, you just kind of put up with it. And I don't know, just being able to sit there and see the names, see some of these people that you like, have heard about. And this year, damn it. If we see Chris Claremont standing at a booth by himself, we're not going to walk past like we did last year. That was stupid of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was on. But he was he was on the phone though. Well, that's true. But I'm sure he would he have gotten off. Oh. So he was talking to somebody, but I'm like, that's freaking Chris Claremont. How come there's no line there? There's no line there. That's Chris Claremont. Uh-huh. What the hell's wrong with the world? But if we see him again this year, I don't care if he is on the phone. We're just going to stand there until he gets off. Because, well, yeah. I don't know if he's on the guest list because I glanced through the guest list pretty quickly. Well, it's still pretty early. I mean, there's a lot of people. Because I did see, I saw like, you know, Perez is going to be there, but so is Marv Wolfman. So I'm uh-huh. kind of like, crap, now I might take some of one of my Teen Titans things and get them both to sign it. So take my, take my, some of my Teen Titans, take some of my Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, and, um, Tales of Astonish. Or Astonishing Tales 25. And get you know, all three of those signed by Perez and then get Wolfman to sign the Teen Titans and the uh, Crisis. 
Be nice. But I haven't looked in, gosh, it's probably been two weeks since I've looked at the guest list. Oh, no, it's probably Well, that's the thing. I, you know, I guess it was kind of fun because I did bring a bunch of comics to get signed. Even though I am a kind of, uh, ooh, I don't like signatures on my comics. So. <laughs> right. Well, they weren't my expensive comics. And damn it, they need to update this phone app. It still shows the last year's schedule, at least. Unless I'm not getting the correct. Oh, but you know the other thing? I need to get a Valiant t-shirt so I can go by the booth and get the uh, the free gold if they're still doing that. Probably. I, I Valiant, Valiant has so fallen off my radar. I'm not keeping up with any of it. not reading any of it right now. What, none of it? None of it, no. I haven't in several months. I just, I mean, other things came up that, you know, I'm really getting into Vault like you are, and then the Ahoy stuff, and the ancillary. In fact, I've kind of, I'm not reading that many new independent titles right now, currently published. I'm, I'm taking some time, I'm going back and rereading a big chunk of Love and Rockets, and the Strangers oh. in Paradise omnibus. Yeah, so what if they had a good price on a, a Love and Rockets number one sitting on a shelf? What would be a good price? Or on the wall? Um, well, it depends on which number one. There's the self-published number one. Is that the black and uh, white one that looks like it has yeah. a robot on the front? Yeah. That's okay. the really rare one. That's the one, yeah. Be prepared to pay thousands for it. Gosh, a number one... Or it, so the other number ones where it's kind of got the um, the police lineup, yeah, of the, of, and it's the same, right? It's the same content. They just, you know, they published the first one self-published, and they got the attention of Fantagraphics, so Fantagraphics republished it. I'm trying to think. I don't know what a good price on that is, depending on the condition. Mm-hmm. But you can get a pretty decent one for. Last time I checked, you can get some that were less than two hundred. So, no, that's not bad for something no. from from the mid late eighties. That was independent and not like hundreds of thousands of them made. Well, that would have been eighty two when the first volume, first one. Oh, was that? Oh, was it? Oh, was it early eighties? Yeah, I didn't realize that. I always kind of lump it into like the the eighty five to eighty eight time frame. Well, of course the. the what they call the volume one was 50 issues, and that ran from 82 to late 90s. Because they, they started publishing less frequently, kind of like the way they're doing now. Maybe mm-hmm. once a quarter, they would publish a volume, a, a new one. So, yeah, but at 82 was when the first one was published. Well, you know what? That's why you go into the long boxes, because maybe somebody threw in a long box of magazines not realizing what it was, and it's kind of like, eh, 50 cents. There you go. Well, see, that's the thing, because it's published in magazine size format, so it won't fit in a long box. So you're going to see something well, like that you're going to see on a wall or in a special box. No, or... no, they got long boxes for under the table for magazine stuff, because that's where oh, they yeah. throw, you know, I'm trying to think about other magazine stuff. You got all those Savage Swords of Conan and a bunch of other Marvel stuff, and you got uh, Heavy Metal and... I'm trying to think of what else from that time. Mad Magazine. Oh, yeah. And other of those large format stuff. You know what? And it could be just kind of stuck in there. Okay. Yeah. Somebody right now, here's one person that's got uh, and Rockets, number one, CGC 8.5, $169. That's not bad. The black and white one? No, it's the Fantagraphics one. Oh, oh okay. No, no. If somebody was selling that for $169.85, I would be on that like... Hair on a gorilla. Ah, oh, there you go. I can't remember. I, last time I checked eBay, but the last time I saw on eBay was close to $2,000. Woo! But it was a signed one. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, yeah. And you see, that was probably signed. Well, would it have been signed before CGC? I don't know. Or was it was it slabbed or was it bare? This one was slabbed. Oh, okay. But I don't know if it was certified. It just depends on when you signed it. Just because, I mean, that was, like, they did that in 81, but it doesn't mean he necessarily signed it in 81. It could have been. Yeah, I have noticed, like, um, artists or writers starting to sign their name, and they'll put the year there. 
Because I got a couple of signatures last year, and they signed it, and they put, like, 18. So, I guess they could... I guess there's a reason for it. I don't know what it is, but I guess there's one. I don't know if that would make authenticity easier. I don't know. I don't know how they would do that. Well, I guess if it's somebody's signature changes over time, as they, you know... I think Stan Lee's signature changed over time. Right. And I've been remiss. I've been... I still got something to do something with my bat, my Detective Comics 880 that I got signed by Jock last year. Yeah, I thought you were going to get it pressed and sent off to CBCS and get it uh, the signature verified, slab, so you can put it up on your wall. I'm going to. I've just been pissing around and not doing it, like say all the other stuff that's happened. Because yeah. Cause CBCS is there in Dallas, isn't aren't they? Right. And I asked the owner of my LCS if he knew a a reliable guy that does pressing, and he gave me the name and number for him. I just got to call him. I just got to get, get going. i just been procrastinating on it. But, yeah, that would save me a lot of shipping. Because the way CBCS was now, you'd have to send it to Florida to get it pressed by them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then back here and then to grading shop here in Dallas. So if I can get it pressed and avoid that, it would be nice. Yeah, that was the one thing I thought about trying last year, is I think CGC had on-site, um, I don't know, um, grading and everything, but I think it's more expensive, and I've heard the stories about, you know, you know, the, they just don't handle them the gentlest there, because they got so many people trying to do it, and the volume of books coming through that, <laughs> they, they may handle the book and it would come back less than what it was when you gave it to them. Yes. Sorry, we ripped a page while we were grading it. Whoops. Oh, and that's another lesson for people. If you're going to look at a book, always have the owner take it out of the bag and board, let you see it, and then they put it back in. Oh, yes. Because you, you don't, as I've heard horror stories about, especially with my lights, and they got that nice sharp edge. Ooh, they can cut some paper if you don't handle it right. You don't want to be looking. You don't want to be looking at an expensive book and have that happen. No, no. I mean, I wouldn't do that anyway. I would never take something out without getting the vendor to do it. Yeah, but I will also say never buy a book without having it taken out and looking at the book. <laughs> you want to look at the. You want to look at the front pe- cover. You want to look at the back cover. You want to open it up. Look at the color of the pages. You want to look at the center fo- the center of the book. Make sure it's nice and tight in there. There's no rust migration and such. So you still want to look at the book. Just just have the owner open it for you and handle it themselves. Yeah, I agree. And that's why, you remember the um, that Batman or Detective 457 that went on eBay? It was found, the guy found it at the uh, Dallas Comic Book Convention, which was the same weekend of C2E2 last year. Yeah, which you would have gone to if you hadn't gone to C2E2. Absolutely. So, because I was bidding, I was bidding on that on eBay, and it was down, you know, in the three, four hundred range. And then in the last sixty seconds, it just ballooned up to I think it was eighteen hundred that it finally sold for. Yeah, yeah, I thought you, you thought you were going to get it cheap, didn't you? <laughs> no, I never thought I was going to get it cheap, but I didn't think it would go for freaking eighteen hundred bucks. I mean, it was like. And it just went that way, boom, 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 boom. And like three steps, it went from 400 and something to 18. In like the last 30 seconds, I was just like, oh, son of a bitch. But I would never pay that for something I couldn't look at. You know, you think, okay, because it wasn't graded. It wasn't slabbed. It wasn't, man, that's a lot of money to commit to for something that you don't know. Be my luck, you know, I'd get it and there'd been a damn page missing or something. But I will get one somewhere. Yeah. That's another bucket list thing. I don't have a lot of bucket list items, but that's one of them, so. Anyway. So what else are you reading right now? You said you're reading some Vault. Uh, I think Vault's only really coming out with Fearscape and Frendo. Oh, and The Savage Source. Oh, oh, I am just so really loving the art and the story of The Savage Shores. But it's only like two issues in. But right. I, you know what? You know what I keep wanting to do with Vault that I haven't done, that I keep talking about, is going back and getting those second print homage covers. Yeah, I've got a couple of those, but I need to. Try I've to got one or two, but they they started doing it for all of them, 
And I really... Actually, I wonder what they're going for. I wonder if you can search for that on the bay. I don't know. I really want to get those. So those are just really, really, really... Yep, you can just put in Vault, Second Print, Homage, and... Yeah, I've got the Deep Roots one, but there's uh, the Savage Source, there's Fearscape, there's Friendo. They're all going for, you know, they're going for like eight ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine. And there's the Wasted Space. It had two or three different homage covers. It was the one, the uh, homage to the action number one. Oh, there's the Crisis one, but it's like twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, and then below it, there's one for seven ninety nine. See, I never understand. If you've got your thing li- li- linked on there for, listed on there for thirty bucks, and then somebody else has got it for eight bucks, why do you think mm, yours is going to sell? <laughs> I don't know. There's like that silly Batman Damned number one, you know, with the bat penis that blew up for a while. I mean, blew up for a while. It still blew up. You can still it sell is? it for hundred. You can still sell it for hundred, hundred twenty bucks if you got a nine point eight. Well, yeah. Graded, but oh, you can still get you can still sell them for fifty, sixty, seventy bucks online. Right. I think I got eighty-two for my extra copy that I ended up with. Oh yeah, you did sell yours, didn't you? Well, I got two. See, I got I ordered the one from Cowabunga, and then my LCS guy. He's pretty good about. He knows I like Batman Detective Comics, and so sometimes he will automatically a new title, even though I haven't told him, he'll just throw it in my pull box. Mm-hmm. So he put in a Batman Damned on it, not knowing that I had, even I hadn't put it on my pull list because I was getting it through Calabunga. So I ended up with two, and I'm like, shit, I don't need two of these. And if I can get 80 bucks for <laughs> a comic that I paid less than five for, then why not? But are you reading Breakneck from Hard Case? I, I haven't got the first issue yet. What? It's been out the second one's out now. I know. Well, there was. They they got some books in and they were damaged, so they had to send them back to get replacements. And I haven't. I think that's with some of it, so I haven't got that yet. It's another good. It's another great hard case book. Like oh, is it? it? Yeah. And Criminal. Oh my gosh, Criminal! The first issue of Criminal is really good. I think the second one's about due out. Oh, I didn't get Criminal. I don't know. I like the noir stuff, but. For some reason, I don't know. Is is that a is that a Millar book? No, that's uh, Ed Brubaker. Brubaker. Sean Phillips. That's right. Rip Rip Lawless has done, and they're doing a little bit different because all the previous work they've done were it's been serialized graphic novels. They've always approached it as a long serial. Mm-hmm. They're not doing at this time. I mean, there's there may be some arcs several issue arcs, but they're also they're kind of doing some single issue stuff. Because they kind of, there was a write wrote about it at the end of the first issue that, you know, don't be surprised if you just get some one-off issues that are just something happens and then it doesn't tie into previous issues. Which I think makes it good if you've, if somebody has never read, because there's like six volume, six graphic novels out of previous work. You shouldn't feel like you have to read that before you pick up Criminal if you're at all interested in it. And if you like yeah. crime noir, Brubaker is about as good as it gets. No, no, I'll agree with that. My thing is, it's like, I've just been getting so much stuff, and it's not the expense of it. It's for me right now, it's the storage of it. And I understand. You mean, I'm trying to go through and just find stuff that, you know, I enjoyed it, but, you know, do I really want to collect it and anything? And I'm... I guess I'm going to take it. I'm going to throw it up on the eBay. It's like I got like that first run of Batman and Robin. You know, right. it's like I enjoyed it, but so I'm I'm moving it out. And then the new Fifty Two. I think I got the first twenty issues of Batman and Robin. So what the one with Grant Morrison who wrote the first? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got them and I enjoyed them, but I've you know when you sit there, you know, I'm decluttering and it. It, it didn't spark joy. <laughs> Let's talk, because I may want that from you. I may get that from you. Oh, you don't have them? I do, but I've got, I'm missing some issues. Oh, okay. But I might get another copy of the whole run. Well, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I've got those, and, you know, and there's some other stuff. I got, like, a full run of 
the mouse templar which i really enjoyed from image and all that but you know i'm never going to read it again and if i do read it uh, it's probably easier with in a trade form so you know i enjoyed them when they came out but um i've just got other stuff that i want to keep and you know i can't at one point i did half my collection down i sold off like 30 long boxes worth of stuff god damn <laughs> what 30 boxes and half your collection so, yeah, I got it down. I took half of it out. Well, you got to remember about probably 10 boxes at least was like early 90s image stuff. So it wasn't that big a loss on that. But, you know, I've oh, I've run up about another 10 or so long boxes, so I need to clear out about 10 to 15 long boxes worth of stuff. Right. Well, that makes sense. And it's just stuff that I've read over the past 10 years that I've enjoyed, but now it's time to, all right. If I want to read it again, I can get it digitally easily, or I can get a trade on it. But I don't need to keep the single floppies. Right. I understand. But, you know, my stuff, my stuff like my Batman and Superman and some stuff like, you know, my X-Men and such, I'm going to keep in floppy form. Yeah, same here. I mean, I can get trades of all stuff. I just, especially Batman and Detective Comics. Well, a bunch of stuff I need to clear out is because, like, in the 90s and early 2000s, that's when they were trying to print everything X-Men, so I have all these, like, you know, five, four, five, or six-issue miniseries that have contribute nothing to the main story thing that I need to purge out. And, there, I mean, and there's some Batman, I don't know, some of my Batman stuff, I do like those stories, because that's almost like the better, like, the DC, I think, really does their, I don't want to call them non-canon. But, you know, their miniseries or whatever seem to be better than, like, Marvel's miniseries, which just, I don't know. No, I agree. And I've been on record many times as saying that at least half of my all-time favorite Batman stories are either Elseworlds or out-of-continuity, non-canon type stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say I got some uh, some JLA stuff from when Morrison was writing that. Some of the... The ancillary stuff during that time that I got that may not be all that great, but I don't know. I just really enjoyed Morrison's run on Justice League, and that's kind of like almost my favorite run, and I really like those those separate minis. That's a good one. Are you reading uh, Black Badge? Can't yes, I am. Great, great series. Oh, man. And I keep thinking, you know what? I need to get the FOC exclusive covers as opposed to the regular ones because they look so awesome. But yeah, that black badge, that's, it, oh, it's just a great concept. Uh, you know what I haven't, you know what I haven't done? I have not read or listened to, cause Matt Kent did that, uh, mind management Kickstarter one with the record. I've yet to read or listen to that, and I got it like a month or two ago. Yeah, you need to get that out. Well, it's buried some here with, within the, uh, the comic collection that needs to be processed into the collection. And speaking of awesome covers, James Bond origin continues to just blow me out of the water with their covers. <laughs> yeah. Those are nice, aren't they? It's a good story. I'm enjoying that, but the covers, I'm, I'm enjoying the covers a lot better. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, you know, and that's one of the things. So like in 10 years, you're going to sit there and look at that. And it's like, you know, that was a great run, but I need room. So do I try to sell this and keep it? Cause I enjoyed it at the time, but now I don't. Or is that like an, imp you know, Always going to be in the collection. I don't know. I couldn't answer that. I'd have to part of me what some of them are worth because I don't know if they're going to be worth much. But you know, I might keep like, okay, what's my one favorite cover of each issue? Do that and maybe get rid of the rest if I needed. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're getting multiple covers. Um, most of them, yeah. I'm getting two, a couple of different ones. Hey, there you go. You fall into the trap. I know, and I'm not a variant cover person at all. Never have been, but. Damn, those covers. I just, every issue, I look at previews and I think, damn you, damn you, why are you coming out with five great covers for, that's the only time I've really, the only trap time I've gone down that rabbit hole with variant covers. I just like them so much. Yeah, when you can't decide on them. Yeah, my big thing is like they're doing now, it's like you got the covers where it's got the, they take the trade dress off and they call it the virgin cover, which is why and and I don't know, some art that looks good, but some of the art you want the, the trade dress. Like action comics and detective comics, I think you want the trade dress. And especially if they do the trade dress from like thirties and the forties. Alright. Because I am looking forward to that Detective one thousand. 
I am too. I don't know what covers I'm going to get on that. Have you seen them all from the decades? Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Yeah, there's several of them that are pretty sweet. And now you're starting to get the retailer, uh, the retail store variant covers are starting to come out now. I think I saw the one today for Golden Apple Comics out in California. It's got a, oh, I can't pronounce the name, but it's a Harley Quinn cover. So painted. Yeah, it looks pretty decent, but it's but it's it's catering to those Harley Quinn fans and everything like that. Right. But I don't know. You know, there actually doesn't seem to be as many as there was for like Batman fifty. I think a lot of people must have got burned on Batman fifty and they're not doing the retailer covers. I, yeah, could be. Could very well be. Cause I didn't buy into I didn't get a lot of the Batman fifty covers. Uh, I think I got one or two. There was one that I really liked that I got, you know, I paid, you know, it was, it wasn't one of the ones where it was like 20, 30 bucks. It was just a regular, what was that? Was that issue 499 or 399? I can't remember since it was a, uh, don't remember either. I think it was 499 and then the shipping. So I paid a little bit more, but I know I really liked it. And then, you know, I got the regular B cover when it came out and there you go. Very good. Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. We've kind of rambled and really... That's okay. haven't really really centered on anything tonight. That's fine. No, no. Maybe we ought to save it for some other time. Not, not you know, spend it all on here. Because we're going to try to keep up our weekly schedule, are we not? Yep. We are. So, so maybe we'll save some additional conversation for later. But I guess, you know, to kind of finish off, we are kind of looking to mix things up. I think... Had we been at this a year... When did we start this, really? Oh, it's been more than a year. We started the summer of 2017, so... Oh, well, there you go. So, yeah, I think we started off with a different... With a format there that we changed off from, and, you know, I think we got into a routine last year, and I think we need to shake things up, so... Um, yes. I think we're going to... I think we're going to continue on with messing with the format, but, you know, I think we might end up going a little bit more freestyle. You know, we're just going to take it where it goes and not feel constrained. We never have wanted it to be a review show of reviewing comics because other places to get that. But Yeah, and I debate whether we ought to tackle the Kickstarter thing, but that might be more of a Ronnie and Aaron thing because I'm not really done much Kickstarters and I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, maybe we can have one or both of them on. Let's talk about the Kickstarter. Because they go, man, my gosh, and Martin too. Like, those three go head first down that rabbit hole. Yeah. You know, one place I think I might like to dive into is more European comics. Because I think Lion's Forge, especially with the Jazz Mater and all that, has really opened my eyes to that. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to experience that more because damn, Jazz Maynard's awesome. And it's like, I haven't had a Jazz Maynard in what, six, seven months now? Yeah, it's uh, been a while. It's been too long. I wonder if we're going to get some more. We can go to Lion's Forge at C2E2 and just demand more Jazz Maynard. And then, of course, the uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, the girl who played with fire, all that series. Mm-hmm. Sc- Scandinavian. Yep. So that's what we're going to look forward to this coming year. Yes. And we can get our viewers, uh, you know, a fresh <laughs> perspective on stuff. Yes. You keep saying viewers, and you're, you're going to rope us into, eventually we're going to have to do a YouTube something or other. No, 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 no. See, I just know people <laughs> just listen to us, and they get these images in their head, and they're viewing it all in their head. You don't want to see my face on YouTube. I guarantee you that. Ah. Uh, so, shall we wrap it up for the night? Yeah, I think so. All right. Best of the rest. Jay Loving, if you want to reach me on Twitter, I'm at JayForgets. Yeah, I'm at Oot Inger. Or you can tweet the show directly at BOTR Comics. Yeah, I'd really like to hear some feedback. What you would like to hear us talk about. If you like something we do, if you don't like something we do, let us know. Yeah, we're debating the whole previews thing. Yeah, we are. So I don't know how we'll, we'll end up on that. I'll... Well, maybe we'll make it a segment as opposed to an episode. Just hit the highlight. But like I said, we're, you know, we're going to experiment with new things and try new stuff and we need the feedback. Absolutely. So, alrighty. Good night. (laughs) 